Hey y'all, welcome to All Truth No Cap, a podcast for teenagers. I'm Ben Morsey, and I'm thrilled to be a guide on your journey of faith. Whether you're a teenager navigating the twists and turns of life, a parent looking for ways to connect with your teen spiritually, or just a curious bystander wondering about the intersection of life and faith, you're in the right place. Each week, we'll dive into a topic and we'll focus on what the Bible has to say, all truth. Our goal, to explore the adventure of living out our faith in a world that is constantly changing. So grab your AirPods, your earbuds, or turn that volume up, because this is all truth, no cap. Hey y'all, here we are on February 17th. It is uh, after Valentine's Day, and I hope you had a good Valentine's Day. And I'm not going to talk about uh, all that goes into Valentine's Day. I actually thought about doing an ep- or a podcast on uh, relationships, and then I thought better of it, just trying to stay away from pushing that kind of a mindset. And uh, though it would have been rather uh, funny with some of the notes that I had written and uh, <laughs> the thoughts that went into it. Uh, but either way, here we are on February 17th. Kind of want to look at uh, a different thought, uh, something very specific uh, from, from what God has uh, said to us. And uh, going to look at the idea behind uh, God's will. Um, I had, uh, when I put a poll or a question out on uh, Instagram a while back, uh, I got probably six or seven different questions uh, that were around or associated with finding God's will, knowing God's will, how do I know if it's God's will, that type of thing. So I just want to, uh, today is going to be very simple. I'm not going to dive into all the deep, you know, the difference in God's sovereign will and uh, God's uh, personal will. I'm not going to dive into any of that. Uh, all, all we're going to do is kind of look at a, a basic pattern for us to follow, uh, to know that we are following His will and uh, not necessarily following our own will, but following what God has for us. For sake of uh, doing it, uh, the word uh, will, if you look in the, the New Testament in the Greek, uh, the word for will is uh, thelema. Uh, thelema, and that means a determination, a choice, a purpose, uh, or an inclination. Uh, in other words, it's something uh, that is specifically set up, something that's specifically set aside. Uh, it's not a, not something that's uh, necessarily changeable, uh, although I understand the idea that if you know something were to happen, uh, God's will for us might alter. Uh, doesn't mean he doesn't know what's going to happen. It means that he does uh, understand uh, the situation and will adjust accordingly. But if you uh, do have your Bibles, go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, I'm going to read verses 1 and 2. Pretty familiar verses 2, yet should be. Uh, But the Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And then he says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So what he's saying is, is there's a point where you can know it. Now, I will stop here for a second and say, look, it's not a spooky thing. It's not a, uh, a ghost or an orb. It's literally us simply doing day by day what we're supposed to do. And that's what we're going to look at as we go through today. But as we dissect those verses there, I want you to notice a couple things. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your body is a living sacrifice. You know, in order to accomplish the purpose God has for you, we've got to yield to him. We've got to give to him what he desires from us. 
Now, none of us are perfect. We're not going to be, but all of us can be yielded. And I think far too often we hold on to portions of our heart. We hold on to portions because we want to do what we want to do. And uh, if, if God God's will aligns with that, great. If it doesn't, then sorry, I'm going to pursue my own will. And unfortunately, like I said, as Christians, sometimes we've been lured, or not lured, uh, we've been lulled into thinking uh, that uh, my, my desires, my will uh, supersedes God's, and that's not the way it should be at all. So he says, first of all, present your bodies a living sacrifice, a, a conscience yielding and a conscious decision. It's not an accident. Um, we, we promote self by accident. We follow God on purpose. But then he says, uh, your body's a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Which is your reasonable service means it just makes sense. It just makes sense for me to say, God, whatever you want from me, that's what I want too. Why? Well, because he died for me. You know, an ironic thing, if you look at uh, back in chapter 11, uh, chapter 11 of Romans, verse 33, the Bible says, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, or who hath been his counselor, or who hath first given to him, and it shall be recompensed unto him again. For of him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. Then the very next four words are, I beseech you therefore. Therefore, what, what do you mean therefore? Well, because of who God is, it just makes sense for me to yield to him. It just makes sense for me to say, you know what, God, you gave everything for me. And uh, the, the listing of the things that he's capable of and the things that he's done, it just makes sense for you and I to yield. Now, because I yield, and I've said before, unfortunately, as, as teenagers, somewhere we bought into the idea that if I choose to follow God, I'm going to be in deepest, darkest Africa eating bugs. And that's not necessarily true. Now, if that's where God wants you, that's where you should be. But God simply is waiting for you to yield to him, to lay yourself down, as the verse says, as a living sacrifice, to climb up on that altar and say, God, whatever you have for me, I'm willing. I'm yielded to you. And then verse 2, he says, and be, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. To conform means that I change me. I change the things that I do. I change the things that I say. My mind goes to Peter. When Bible, the Bible says Peter began to curse and to swear, to blend in with those uh, standing around the fire at Jesus' interrogation. He, he did all he could do, to, could do to conform. But God says, look, no, 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 I don't want you to conform to them. I want you to have your mind transformed. I want you to transform by me and allow me to do something with you. And then the very end of it, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In other words, those things are necessary to find the will of God. Now, here's what I want you to see. Before that process even starts, before I even decide this is what I want, and you know whether you're listening to this and you're a senior in high school and you've already got locked down, this is where I'm going to college, this is what my career is going to be, this is what I'm going to do, this is who I'm going to marry, this is how many kids I'm going to have. Before you lock down any of that, I got some questions for you or some statements for you. Number one, ask God what he desires for you. Not ask God to bless what you want to do. Ask God, tell God, hey God, whatever you want, I'm okay with. You know, in Exodus 33, 15, uh, Moses tells God, look, if your presence is not going with me, if your presence go not with me, then I don't want to go. 
If your presence isn't going, I, I, I don't want to go. I don't want to lead Israel that direction. In other words, he said, look, God, if you're not there, I don't want to be there. I don't want to chase my own things and hope you come along. I, won't, I don't want to try to force you into my box. I want to get in line with what you want. And teenager, in a lot of cases, that's what we got to do. And I know it's meddling. I know it's pushing buttons. But there comes a point where you have to step aside and say, hey, you know what? Is this really what God wants for me? I've wanted this my entire life. And I've worked. And I put the effort in. And I applaud that all day long. But if it's not what God wants, you are never going to be happy. Well, how do I know what God wants? Ask him. Ask him what he wants. And then get into his word and allow him to show you. Regardless, because if I'm yielded, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I'm yielded and I get into his word and he says, you know what? I want you to be a plumber. Yes, that's what I want. I'm going to be a plumber. But if I'm yielded to him, it doesn't matter if I want to be a plumber. And he says, hey, no, I want you to be a missionary. Well, I, but no, 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 no. I'm yielded. Why? God, you have my heart. If that's what you want, then I'm willing to pursue that. But I think sometimes we don't ask because deep down inside, we know what the true answer is. And we're afraid of that. And we're running from that. Um, maybe the name Jonah rings a bell. God told Jonah, here's what I want for you. Jonah ran the other way. It didn't turn out real well. I'm not saying there's going to be a whale ready to swallow you, but Jonah's life was not real happy. Jonah's life was not real peaceful. And I have a feeling that in our own lives, it's going to be the same way. It's not going to be happy, not going to be peaceful. Why? Because we've spent so long pursuing what we want. And we've not asked God, God, what do you desire for me? God, what do you want for me to give you a, a, a direction, to give you a, a place to go? So first of all, ask him what he desires for you. The second thing is this. In Psalm 37, we find uh, the Bible says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, if you've been in my Bible classes or maybe even in a teen service, I've explained what, what a lamp is here. We're not talking about a flashlight. We're talking about an oil lamp that would only light maybe a two or three foot uh, diameter around a person. And as they were walking in these ancient times, walking down maybe a dirt road or even walking in the house, that lamp would only illuminate the next two or three feet in front of them. It wouldn't show them, all right, here's the end. When God came to Abraham, God said, Abraham, I want you to pack up everything and go. Yes, sir, God, where are we going? Right, I'll tell you when you get there. Abraham didn't know. He simply had to follow each day. It made him work at that relationship with God. Why? Because he didn't know what God wanted day to day. God, I got to have something for me. Why? Because I don't know where I'm going. Solomon said, you know what, God? Give me wisdom. I don't know how to go out. I don't know how to come in. I don't know how to rule your people. I got to have you each and every day. Teenager, you do too. Adult, you do too. You've got to have God every day. You cannot live the Christian life without him. Stop trying to. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. When's the last time you opened his word? When's the last time you found out what God wanted for you? Don't come and say, well, this is what I believe God wants me to do when he ain't opened his word. And I'm being harsh right now, but I think it's necessary. Don't come saying, well, yeah, I believe, uh, well, God's not shut it down yet. That's a terrible reason to go into a career, a terrible reason to pursue something because God hasn't shut it down. Well, is God supposed to blow it up? Is God supposed to blow up your car as you're traveling? God's supposed to blow up your house? What's, what's, what do you want from him? Go to him and say, God, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do? And then second of all, as we see in Psalms, seek him and seek his word. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto, according to his word. 
In other words, you've got to get in God's word. We have no right to stand up and I believe this is what God wants for me when we've not opened his word. When our relationship with him is on life support, we have no right whatsoever to say, I believe this is what God wants. So get into his word. Get into get to know him. Spend time with him. Develop that relationship. Why? Because your life and future depend on it. But we don't. Why? Because we'd rather pursue what we want. We'd rather pursue what we think is best. And we refuse to acknowledge him. So first of all, ask him what he desires for you. Second of all, seek him in his word. Third of all, seek godly counsel. I didn't say seek advice. I didn't even say seek counsel. I said seek godly counsel. Not saying anything about against them, about, about or against them, but more than likely that cuts out all 100% of your friends. Because number one, they're peers. You're the same age. But second of all, I doubt they're at the godly level where they should be giving counsel to someone else. So find someone who you know walks with God. Not someone who you think is going to agree with you. Not someone who's uh, up for debate. Someone who you're willing to say, you know what, I want to give you veto power. I want to give you, I trust your relationship with God. I want to give you an opportunity to speak into my life. Now, we won't go to God because we're afraid of what God's going to say. We don't seek him and his word because we're afraid where that's going to go. So I highly doubt we're going to seek godly counsel. And like I said, you know, this is not a judgment on a person or an individual. This is simply me saying this is what, what I believe the Bible says. But ultimately, as I said, I think during missions conference, the Bible says specifically that the fields are widened to harvest, but the laborers are few. Why, if there are more people on the earth now than have ever existed, why are the laborers so few? Because so many Christians, so many Christian teenagers, so many Christian adults have said, you know what, that's great for you. I don't want what God wants. Well, that, that's a little harsh. It's the truth. If I'm not willing to seek him out, if I, if I refuse to yield to what he wants, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying, you know what, God, what I want is more important than what you want. Now, I'm not saying that every Christian teenager, every Christian adult is meant to be in full-time service. I'm not saying that at all. But I think there's a whole heap out there that have pursued what they wanted because it was better. It, I make more money. I'll make a better living. You'll never make a better living than serving Christ. Will you have the best this, best that? Maybe not. But I'd rather have God on my side than having this or having that. I'm just being honest with you. I'd rather be right where he wants me than with a million dollars. Now, I, I wouldn't mind both. But ultimately, if I have to make the choice, I'm taking God every time. But as Christian teenagers, we've bought into the world's mindset. But I, I, I can serve God in this way. That's great. I can serve God as a lawyer. I can serve God as a nurse. I can serve God as a doctor. I can serve God as a plumber. That's great. But is that what God has? Is that what God wants for you? Or does God have something more for you? I don't know. I haven't asked him. Well, number one, ask him what he desires. Number two, seek him in his word. Number three, seek godly counsel. Somebody who you know walks with God and is not willing or is not afraid to tell you how it is. But then the last one in Proverbs, 4, uh, Proverbs 14, 15. Proverbs 14, 15, the Bible says, The simple believeth every word, but the prudent man looketh well to his going. In other words, you got your eyes on the road. You're paying attention. God's got the answer for you. 
God's got the guidance you need. God's got exactly what you need out there in front of you, but you've got to pay attention to it. I quoted that verse a minute ago. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto, according to thy word. You can't take heed if you're not paying attention. So be in tune with God. Listen up. Pay attention. Heed what he's got to say. You want to know God's will? We looked at those verses in Romans right off the bat. It just makes sense. Present your body a living sacrifice. The, the God you serve, it just makes sense to yield to him. How do I do that? Well, number one, ask him what he wants for you. Well, he didn't answer right away. Okay. Seek him. Tell him, God, I, I, I need to know. You know, I'm a senior God. I've got, okay. How bad do you want it? Well, then go talk to him. Fast. Oh, but I, if you want the answer, go get the answer. So ask him what he desires for you. Second of all, seek him in his word. Get into his word. Develop that relationship. Third of all, seek godly counsel. Find someone you trust. Find someone you know walks with God and let them speak into your life. And then finally, pay attention. Pay attention to what God has to say. Pay attention to what his word has to say. And then pay attention to what that godly counsel has to say. And you'll be in God's will. It's a daily thing. It's not a spooky light at the end of the tunnel thing. It's a daily choosing to do each day what God has for you that day. Well, I hope it's been a help to you, and especially with some of you having made some major life decisions to make here uh, in the next few months. Uh, but I hope it's been a help to you. And if you do have any questions, you have any feedback, shoot it my way, and I'll be glad and happy to hear from you, maybe answer any questions you may have. But until next time, we will see you later.